1: in this episode we are going to talk about measurement of sedentary behavior and physical activity among kids and youth with autism our today's guest has done his master's degree in physical education and phd in rehabilitation sciences in university of toronto currently he's working as postdoctoral fellow at the center of addiction and mental health ladies and gentlemen please welcome our guest dr patrick Chakura, welcome patrick
0: thank you so much for the introduction ollie it's a pleasure to be back again
1: yeah nice to nice to have you and you got the position as assistant professor in durham university in uk how do you
0: how do you feel uh, a lot of different emotions some days it's complete excitement other days i feel like is this the right decision um, i've never moved that far away from home so home has been always toronto my family and friends are here but the opportunity to go to durham which is in nor- the north of england about three hours north of london the research that they have going on there the team was a opportunity i couldn't say no to so um, we're actually moving also in september so it's a, a busy time right now to get everything organized especially in a pandemic but it's something that i'm looking forward to a new challenge but i'm gonna have to get used to no no ice hockey and no baseball i'm gonna have to really become better at my soccer skills
1: soccer and and rugby maybe
0: and rugby the two sports that i don't follow
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah so so how is your plan there do you do you have some project you are jumping into or do you plan to continue your your line of work
0: so it's a bit of both um the goal is to continue some of the work here from toronto so my work here in toronto was looking at physical activity and how physical activity impacts mental health of kids and youth and adults with autism spectrum disorder, um, specifically more so in the suicide area. And so my goal is to continue some of that work from here in Toronto, but we also are working on a new project um, with colleagues at University of Nottingham, University of Glasgow, and at Newcastle University, actually to see what we can do from a national UK standpoint to prevent mental health challenges in this population. So that's a new project that we just kind of started. We just put in a research grant for it. So I'm excited, but also that means that if I do get it, That means even more work, which is uh, part of the fun of the job. Yeah,
1: yeah. A lot of work to apply. And then if you're happy to get, it's even more work. So that's how (laughs) it goes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So you have been testing a little bit of Phibian research devices with with yourself and with uh, children with autism. What what are your initial thoughts from your, your testings?
0: So I thought it was a really cool and unique, innovative device. The colors for the kids with autism loved it. When it lights up and it spins and the blue lights go everywhere, they, they were attracted to that right away. Um, I liked that it was really small and compact. And for our, us, especially in this population, using it kind of in your pocket where you just put it in your jean pocket was the most convenient option. Um, they, a lot of them talked about just, you kind of put it in there, you forget about it as long as you don't forget to, to take it out to change your pants. Um, but that was the ideal scenario. The strap didn't really work for them very well. Um, the strap they said was a bit too tight and kind of annoyed them a little bit. The feeling didn't feel okay. So, and that's not uncommon in the population, um, even using kind of accelerometers on the arm has been critiqued as not an ideal. So in the pocket has actually been, again, For those who remembered when they used them that was the best place to put it because they forgot that it was there did not bother them Um, in terms of the quality of data it's it's some really interesting things when it comes to measuring sedentary behavior and physical activity which we know in this population they are highly inactive and that was confirmed by the fibian data where we just see really long periods of time of inactivity and then kind of short bursts or bouts of activity in and of itself and so I would say one of the unique features of the Fibian is the data analysis feature that you can actually go take that data straight from the device and then start playing with it, rather than worrying about exporting it and then recoding it and and finding another useful way to use it. So to me, that was the difference between you know an Apple Watch or a Fitbit; those things don't give you that detailed analysis that Fibian does. Um, And it took a little bit of time to get used to the software once you put onto the computer. Um, for the Fibion device. But once you figure out how to run it and and how to do that afterward, everything was pretty seamless after that. I think the other benefit of the device, again, is just that it's easy to go and easy to take and the, the battery life is outstanding. So for our population, for generally people don't want to charge a device every single time they have to use it, right? So to be able to plug it in and charge it, have it fully charged and then just to be able to use them when you need on your own time. That was another huge advantage for for me when I tried it and also for the, the individuals that I work with, because no one's going to want to just always run around and plug things in just to use it, right? So that was a huge plus.
1: Yeah, yeah. So with you said that with autistic people, it was the pocket wearing was So they are quite sensitive for all the senses, And so was there anything else specific for, for that population?
0: Um, in terms of the device itself, no, but the, the data was interesting because what we saw was a real increase at nighttime. And again, because they're wearing it on their person, like you can get that data all day long, right? So oftentimes we see in the literature and the science saying, you know, kids need to be active during the day and they have to be active with their families and at school. But actually we saw the, the highest level of activities, even though they weren't very high, but when they did do it, it was actually at nighttime. So anything before bed. So that was an interesting trend that we did not expect at all, uh, primarily because when we think of promoting physical activity, we think of after school and we think of being in school or family time, right? So that was something that I would argue if we didn't have a Fibian device with them in their pockets, we probably wouldn't capture that data. Because as soon as you take off a watch, for example, uh, that watch is off, it's no longer capturing, right? But because they were wearing it, we were able to kind of get that data from two out of three people, and that was a new th- a finding that I haven't seen people talking about activity at nighttime. Um, so then, when I talked to them about it, I said, "So what were you doing?" It's like, "Oh, running up the stairs, jumping jacks, some sit ups, and just walking, standing." So general movement, uh, but again, the Fibian device was able to pick up on that. I'm not sure that the other devices out there would be able to do so because they don't—they're not on your person all the time. So that was a huge plus.
1: Yeah, interesting. So. So, do you think it's specific for this group that they do it in the evening time or even night time, or what do you think?
0: Yeah, it's definitely a possibility. I've like whenever we look at this type like of data, no one even really stratifies by time of day. So this is a really weird but interesting thing. It's like, what's going on? Why is it happening at this time of day? I mean, we could have a few hypotheses when it comes to you know just not only time but also energy and effort um, right before bed. Some individuals might be super hyperactive right before bed so it's hard to discriminate in the data obviously no matter what device we use if that let's say hyperactivity was caused by general hyperactivity or if they were actually being physically active right so for the two of the three people they said they were so that was able to figure that one out for the last one it was hard because we had three devices that we were trying out for the last one it was hard to to know where it came from maybe they were just f- fidgeting and moving around or they're waving you know the device who knows in their pants but um, it again picking up that sensitivity was, was really key and something that in the field no one's really talking about is time of day and I think without the Fibian device I would have never even thought of that
1: yeah interesting and w- what was the age age group you had people
0: 16 to 19 so I had one sixteen 16 year old one seventeen 17 year old and then a 19 year old
1: okay yeah.
0: yeah so it was youth um, which again in this Population at that time period, what we see is a huge drop off actually in activity. And that's pretty consistent with youth generally, but in this population, it's even more amplified. So, drop off being they're even less active as they get into adolescence and then into adulthood, they're even less active than they were in childhood. And that pattern seems to stay on until adulthood from the data that we have until about 50 years. We don't have anything beyond that yet. Um, but it's one of the things that we are finding is kids who are inactive early on in life tend to be inactive later on as well both with and without autism. So it's one of these things like how can a tool like Fibian give us something that we can either promote or engage or make it interactive, um, not only for our research purposes to track good quality data, but to also engage them on the flip side.
1: And, and how was the, the youth? Did they see the reports? Did you explain the reports to them? How was the experience with those?
0: We had to do it virtually because of our situation. So that I don't think I was as fun. Um, to do it virtually as if you were to do it in person and they could help you print it and be part of that process um to them they were just they were not interested in the data as much as i was they were just kind of like oh there's a bunch of lines and and things um so they looked at a different angle but um, they they did seem to think it was a cool feature because they're like what is this for and they just had a few questions about what are you going to use this for and what does this tell us and how can this help me type of questions so that did give them that opportunity to at least engage in that topic. So that was also a positive that I didn't expect to come out of this.
1: This podcast is sponsored by Fibian. Fibian is an accurate sitting and physical activity tracking device and analysis platform. It is a great tool for projects that aim for behavior change in sedentary behavior and incidental physical activity. Fibian provides easy-to-understand PDF and web browser reports for participants. Other features include comparisons to recommendations, linking results to health risks, achievement cards, and interactive goal-setting tool. In addition, Fibion provides an API that allows for easy integration to other systems and applications. Learn more about Fibion at fibion.com research. Fibion, from researchers to researchers. And how is it if if you would be if we could develop specific reports for autistic people or people with autism? How would you have the reports? Would it be really simplified, or should there be some different kind of graphics, or what? What do you think?
0: I think the simpler the better for anyone in the population. What we're seeing, for example, my colleague Brett Smith at Durham is using infographics, and that has been really well taken up. Um, by people in the government the general population so i think the more we can simplify with kind of very appealing attractive graphics graphs anything that will catch the eye and draw attention i think will help the stats are fun for us in the science world Uh, from what i've learned in my experience is that generally speaking unless someone is really interested in tracking most people just aren't as interested in, in understanding the, the fine little details. They just want to know the outcome or something that is easy to understand and accessible for them. So the other part of our jobs is finding a way that we can make science more accessible to people because um, we do a great job having all this data, but just trying to find a way that we can put it into like a sandwich, like a bite size, that they can use it and implement it in their, in their daily life if they want to. Right. Yeah
1: that's that's really interesting like how to make it simple we are now developing reports for kids and we will have a polar bear there explaining the results and and so on but we should really think like how is it for different groups of people how is it for special groups how is it for elderly and yeah as a scientist we usually look at the data a little bit differently we are used to watching like for example xy Crafts and maybe not all people are used to used to those. So you really need to think what kind of crafts people understand how to how much they want to have that it's interesting. So it's I think it's a really a challenge how to present data for different groups of people.
0: Totally, it is a challenge, and the best example that I've ever kind of got to experience was for individuals who have chronic uh, obstructive pulmonary disease, so breathing challenges, and especially in kids. I don't know if you remember Pac-Man, that little video game of the thing that was eating those things. So they had this thing, they were breathing into the spirometer. And as they were breathing, Pac-Man was eating things. And the longer they were breathing, the more Pac-Man they got. And so the kids were so excited and kept really trying to breathe. Because again, having a lung issue, the goal was to get them to exercise their lungs in a way, right? And by the end of it, they had like this Pac-Man total score. And you said polar bears would so made me think of that. Because that's what we were using at the rehab hospital during my PhD. And the kids all they cared about was the Pac-Man, not the results. They didn't care about you know the fact that they were they were actually improving their breathing, that they were exercising their lungs. Um, but that little Pac-Man thing, maybe like the polar bear, was that thing that hooked them and, and kept them engaged. Because without that, before the Pac-Man, kids were really hating that thing because they have to really breathe hard. It's a lot of work, especially with someone along with a lung issue. So I wonder what we can do with the polar bear. Sounds really really cool. Very very finished. Yeah
1: yeah there's a reason yeah yeah so uh how is do you have any any ideas for improvements what would you like to see this kind of devices in the future what would you like to see in the software in the analysis workflow whatever
0: yeah so i think one of the first things if there's a way to simplify the process um from the time you plug it in to the time you have to figure out how to run the process the system that i think would be the biggest area That would be simple. So not to compare it to Fitbit or to Apple Watch, but those things like you plug it in, it gives it right to you. It's easy. You don't have to really run the system. It just, everything is much more integrated. And of course, Fibian is still working on those things. And I think one day, if it'd be as simple as you plug it in and it starts to give you those outputs and the interface is kind of really more user-friendly because right now, again, it's all there. It's just a matter of trying to get used to it and familiar with it um compared to these other products where it's like it's just very more intuitive so i think as a next step for fibian that would be one way that we can improve not only accessibility but also then the usability of the product um, so that people can plug it in and start to use the data right away rather than have to run their analyses maybe there's an algorithm that can be created that will give you some basics measurements of you know step count or, or daily activity or whatever it is but something that i think is there and then if you want to do extra analysis people can do that on their own so that would be kind of step one um and then step two i think with the device would be nice is um just finding a way that people don't forget about it so one of the things when i was testing it, it's like every morning if if you're changing your clothes how do you put it back on you right like a watch is obvious because people who wear watches it's helpful but a lot of people don't wear watches anymore right we don't need them so that's why for the autistic participants putting in their pockets was great like i said but then it's like I'd email them, like, did you do you have it on you? I forgot today, so I don't know what the solution for that is. We can't put it in all their clothes, obviously, but finding a way that would be accessible, I, one thing I had is a really crazy idea was you know, maybe we make it like a wearable tech where it fits put into a t-shirt um, with a sensor up here. Somehow I know there is that sort of wearable wearable tech right now, uh, but obviously that's completely changing the product, so we don't have to go there, <laughs> but I was just trying to find ways of how do we make sure people kind of use it every single day in science it's easy because if they're coming to do an experiment or a study we have it we outfit them if they're in the lab but when they go home if we really want do real-time movement it's a little harder that way so something that can capture real time um over the course of of time so that's why i thought maybe a teacher would be something because that is our that is our area of challenge, is outside of the lab sometimes our data isn't always representative of real life. So that was kind of the, the second thing I was thinking of is how can we make it more applicable to kind of just daily life? And how can people even use this for their own purposes? So I'm thinking about maybe the recreational athletes who really want to, instead of using Strava, will want to maybe use this to give them more accurate data. Because as we know Strava, it gives you estimations. They're not necessarily the most accurate, but Fibian can fill that need potentially. And what if there's a recreational athlete or semi-competitive who could use this data to improve their performance or they're just really interested in our data nerds. So um, those are kind of the next steps that I thought was something appropriate. But as a product already, it was just really great again to see how quick and handy it was, the battery being super helpful and and the size, like it being small enough that it wasn't obstructive in any way, but also big enough that you don't lose it because anything that's too, too small, we know we can lose very quickly.
1: Yeah, I, I fully agree with the wearing. It's it's always a challenge when you want to have something, measure, measurement from the thigh. If it's a pocket, you easily forget because people want to change clothes during the day. You have different clothes for sports, so remembering it. And then the thigh strap, some people just don't like it. And then we have the medical adhesive that you attach it on the skin, but that's also a little bit different different kind of so. It's it. It is definitely a challenge how to wear it, how to remind people. I think we could maybe make a kind of automatic reminder. Maybe it's a text message every morning, just reminding it with the technology. It shouldn't be difficult to make. So I think we we need to think about that.
0: Yeah, the adhesive part I offered as an option, no one did it. <laughs> so I, I I don't think that was a big seller. Uh, but yeah, you're right. The text message is something that can integrate it into the, into their daily life. Somehow. I think that would be helpful. Even if the device lit up a different color, I don't know, or even if the di- device lights up after not being active so that if let's say it's on your desk and, but it's not on you, maybe that will like prompt you. Cause you can see an email or see a text, but if something is maybe getting your visual attention, maybe that'll get your attention. Cause there already are lights embedded in the machine right? or in the te- in the technology. So yeah that's actually a good idea that it would actually show red light blinking
1: if you're not wearing it so that could be a good reminder
0: yeah just something it something that will just prompt someone to focus and say well what's that going on even if they might not put it on even, as long as they see it and go oh yeah i'm supposed to put that on that's better than just seeing it and it's not blinking and it's like oh it's just there
1: hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I, I, I like the idea. Yeah. And we have now a new, new hardware. We will have like two hardwares at the same time. And the other one is that it comes with the pre-charged battery. So you don't need to charge it. It will be measuring up to 15 weeks with that one charge and you can remotely start from a web, web portal it and also stop it. And it will have like two to three years. Time time span when you kind of stand by time, so that will help some some parts uh, in in l- making it a little bit easier. But still, it's a tie worn device, so you need to you need to have it some way uh, with you.
0: Yeah, I think that again for the current product where it is, there's, it's definitely useful. It's applicable. It has utility. And now it's like, how do we kind of integrate it as a next step, right? So what kind of project would you recommend Phibian Research? So I think for me, again, from the research angle, it was great. Again, the quality of the data and how easy and intuitive it was. Um, that definitely helped from a research standpoint. I think something that Fibian has to decide is is what is our target market? Is it researchers to use it versus the general population? I mean, that's obviously a question that has to be asked. but I think it has potential for both. And if you go after the general population, again, you're you're competing with the big guys as well. So it's trying to just kind of find your niche in in your original contributions. But I thought as a researcher, it was a very helpful tool, um, much more reliable than accelerometer or even Fitbits. Um, And the quality of, like I said, picking up data that you normally wouldn't pick up um, from an accelerometer, accelerometer or even a Fitbit Especially if someone's sedentary and are moving, because if it's on the wrist, that doesn't always pick up every movement. And for our population, the wrist, again, is actually a problem because for some autistic individuals who, let's say, are doing a lot of hand movements as part of their life, that will count it as a movement. So that's equals activity. But we also know that that's flawed, right? So um, one of our critiques of, for that type of research using those devices is it's not necessarily accurate fully because, again, there might be engaging stereotyped behaviors or rocking back and forth. Um, so again, having in the pocket was a huge help. And that to me was one of the main contributions from being able to test it. So I really appreciate you guys letting us test it out.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Our, our pleasure. So anything else you would like to add in the discussion?
0: I just wanted to thank Fabian for this opportunity. Um, it was definitely something that is needed in the population um like i said there have been a lot of efforts um, to try and increase activity and we still don't really have an answer on how to do it best and so maybe if we can engage people in this way um, by data and also understanding the value of the data that might be one way to say okay well today i only did 5000 steps and this is what this pie chart looks like maybe i can do more because this is the recommendation right so i think if people use it on a daily basis outside of science then that also has the potential to impact well-being rather than waiting for science because as we know science is pretty slow from the time we do it to the time we write it to the time we do something in the world it takes time so maybe something that i thought of for fibian was okay can we make a real world impact a little faster than what science can do sometimes so i appreciate the opportunity and it was an absolute pleasure uh trying the product out
1: yeah, and hopefully we can collaborate with your with your new position in, in Durham also. So thanks for taking the time for this, this chat, Patrick.
0: No problem, Oli. Thank you so much for having me and uh, all the best with everything.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on Physical Activity through podcast. If you like the show